Hi, I'm Misfits Tamara, and we are Sans Sarah the Rebel to this week, but this it remains Women Wrestling Friends podcast. Burr, 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 burr. It's weird to do it by myself because there's no one else to uh, air horn with me. Um, but this is a show all about women who are friends who watch wrestling, and we invite friends of us to come and talk about wrestling with us. So this week, our guest is the incomparable Elle Collins, uh, co-host of the Hard Times Wrestling Podcast and writer on Uproxx's uh, With Spandex. And they have joined me for this week's deeper dive on a into AEW. We talked about it a little bit last episode. Now we're going to really, really get into all the nooks and crannies. But first, before the nooks and crannies, if you're joining us for the first time, let us pass this di- digital collection plate your way and ask that you either give us five stars on iTunes or you can throw us three bucks on uh, Kofi.com. I know it's supposed to be coffee, but for this, it's Kofi. Uh, Kofi.com slash Sarah the Rebel. Um, well, thank you. We love you. Uh, we appreciate your supports. Now, L, thank you so yes. much. We appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, I'm really happy to be here. Um, L, if you if you are into the wrestling world, uh, I have been following their tweets for a very long time. Um, I always appreciate having conversations with you about various things, and I find you very insightful. Likewise. Oh, yay. Thank you. Um, so when did you fall in love with wrestling? Um, well, I am, a, a, in wrestling terms, I'm what people call a new fan, mm. uh, in that I've only been watching wrestling for uh, about – let's see four and a half years mm. i started watching in the spring of 2015 oh okay very recent yes and um so i uh i guess i i started watching a bunch of things at once i just sort of like i had a bunch of friends who were into wrestling and i had been hearing about wrestling from various friends and stuff for a long time and i basically was in a place in my life where i suddenly had uh, a bunch of free time and not that much of a social life because mm-hmm. I was on unemployment and I had just moved. Sure. Uh, so I basically just like jumped headfirst into wrestling all at once. I started watching WWE and Chikara and eventually NXT. And then I also started watching old stuff on the network. Once mm-hmm. I had started watching WWE enough to like subscribe to the network. And so it just sort of, got into all of it at once. But I feel like the point when I really fell in love with it because I started watching in 2015 was, uh, that summer when, uh, Bailey had her rise to, to win the championship and, you know, had the, the match with Sasha Banks at, uh, the first, uh, takeover Brooklyn. That is, that was a really great match. I find that, um, NXT is really, the best overall show besides um mm-hmm. besides uh, uh wow in terms of like giving their women shine and giving them good things to do and not just making them you know pose for centerfolds and stuff um yes and they have good writing i think they have the best announcement announcing team out of like all the shows uh which is very impressive um and so, okay, so now that you're in there and you've watched, I'm assuming you've seen pretty much a little bit of every single wrestling promotion that broadcasts by pretty this much. point. Um, so which one is your favorite? Um, At least right now, because that can always change. Right now, I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying a lot of what AEW is doing, but there are also a few sticking points, which I'm sure we'll get to in our larger discussion. <laughs> and like, I love... NXT, but NXT is sort of tainted by the overall WWE malaise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would have to say the the promotion that I have the most positive feelings about right now uh, is probably WOW. Mm-hmm. We are big fans, um, not just because uh, Sarah is on it. <laughs> just it's uh, right. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm actually one of the reasons I'm disappointed that Sarah is not able to be on the episode that I'm on is that I wanted to tell her directly how much I've been enjoying her work on. Wow. I also Um, enjoy it. And not because just because I'm her friend, I always want to say that because (laughs) I think people think that I'm just like gassing her up for no reason, but I'm not like, I think she does really great work. Um, It's the acting part. You know what I mean? Like not everybody gets that, that in ring interaction or like reaction to people, what people are doing. And she's very good at that. She really is. And I love, there are these little moments 
uh, where you get the impression that Razor is like the mom of the Psycho Sisters. Like she's very like caring and protective of the other two, mm-hmm. which I think is really fun since they're so like violent and chaotic. Yes, it's a, it's kind of mommy dearest in a way, because um, it's like there's love, but also she'll probably throw you into a pool that's empty if you mess up too much. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, who is your favorite wrestler? Well, I mean, it's a relatively short time, but that doesn't necessarily mean you haven't watched a ton of wrestling. So all time and then right now. Um, whew, That is rough. Because, yeah, I mean, I have done a lot of catching up. You know, I'm the sort of person that tends to, like, go deep in whatever I'm into. So I've watched a lot of wrestling from before I started watching wrestling in the past four years. Um, I'm a, and in, in that regard, I am, uh, a big fan of dusty roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, you know, my friend Megan Nielsen and I named our podcast, the hard times podcast for a reason. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kane who is, currently the mayor of the county where i live (laughs) yeah that's that's fascinating it's always fascinating to me how they like wrestlers end up being mayors and governors i mean it's not like you can't have a life outside of it but it's just fascinating to me and i'm assuming i'm sorry i'm assuming you saw the episode where he appeared as basically mayor kane even though you know he was like in a suit being normal but Yes, I did see that episode. I love that they they just called him Mayor Jacobs the whole time and yeah. like never acknowledged that he was Kane. Nope, no, no um, Kane. Nobody knows who that is. He wears a mask, <laughs> right? Um, and like, and he is. I mean, I've I've met him, you know, as Mayor Jacobs, and I've seen him around at a bunch of stuff. Like, I I do uh, puppetry. Oh, and the that's very puppet cool. company that I work for did a, a performance at the. Um, Knox County Library Festival of Reading this summer, and immediately, like Mayor Jacobs spoke immediately before we went on, and he was like backed up by a person in a crayon suit, and <laughs> like as much as you might want him to choke slam the giant crayon, sure. he was just never going to do it. I know, well, and in in our hearts he was, and you know, in our fantasies and hearts, I do have a thing yes. about um, because I am also a band nerd. I do have a thing of that it's very funny to me sometimes when people in like mascot costumes get knocked over. I know it's not nice (laughs) and I feel bad for the people in it, but just having like something like a crayon that's so spherical and just having the little legs kick. is just visually funny. Mm -hmm. I I apologize to all people who are in mascot costumes. That's not personal. Oh, for sure. Um, On the other hand, the crayon doesn't have a neck, which would make it hard to choke slam effectively. True. That's true. You'd have to spear it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan of uh, uh, Mako Satomura, mm-hmm. sort of bridging the the all time and the right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like really current people that I'm into, um, I uh, I really love what Bailey is doing right now. Like I have been, I actually wrote, I have I have proof on this one. I wrote an editorial like a year and a half ago about how Bailey needed to turn heel and mm. it took so long, but she finally did it and it's everything that I wanted. Yeah, her outfit definitely her her gear definitely looks like something I would create in a like a superhero game, video game, so of course I love it. Um also mm. I like that they were like she's bad now, so we're going to give her sort of an asymmetrical bob, like a layered like <laughs> the haircut is so like it's kind of can I speak to your manager but like can I like punch your manager in a way, you know, like a <laughs> little edgier? Well, it's a little bit like uh classic, like nineties posh spice. Yes. That's very I true. Like. Um, and it's also like the shortest haircut that like any woman in WWE is allowed to have. Yeah. Cause Ruby Riot, so, I mean, you haven't seen her in a minute. Yeah. And they even made her like, they let her keep the undercut, but they made her grow the long part real, real long. Yeah. it Which is always the weirdest thing to me where it's just like, hey, I'm wearing extensions on this undercut for reasons. Yeah. It's so weird. But, you know, shout to Ruby oh. Riot wherever you are. Yeah. And I also love uh, Tessa Blanchard. She's one of my very favorites. Um, one of the best in the business right now. Um, yeah. I, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that like Tessa, even in small crowds or 
smaller than they should have been crowds. I said this last episode too. We, we, I was at a show. They took a break. Hers was the first match after the break. And I don't know if a bunch of people left or they just didn't announce it that the show that it was starting again, but there was about half the people that were there initially and she's, they, you know, still put on a great show. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I saw her, um, I've seen her a couple of times, uh, but I saw her at the a local promotion here at like the recreation building of an RV park <laughs> fighting this like 22 year old local girl. And she was so like, she's just so on in like any setting. She's just like fully, you know, the dastardly heel Tessa Blanchard Mm -hmm. in the middle of this, of this wreck building. And it's just, you know, she just gives it her all every time. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's probably everybody who's made it real big probably has that same like ability to be on no matter what. Yeah which is very impressive and something that I can't do, (laughs) which is why I'm not an actor or a wrestler. Um, Even though I probably could be very good at uh, body slamming people and stuff, but you know, one day, one day maybe. Um, (laughs) So you know what? We're going to get now into the whole meat and potatoes or the nooks and crannies, as I said before um, about AEW. So what is your overall thought you know, that we're, I think, four episodes, five by tonight uh, in to the great AEW experiment. Um, well, I did have a chance to watch tonight's episode before we started recording. Oh, excellent. Uh, so I, I've, I've seen all five. And um, tonight's actually is my favorite thus far. I feel like they're fixing some things. Mm-hmm. Because overall, I have really enjoyed... Uh, I really enjoyed the show. I enjoyed all of their pay-per-views before the the weekly show started. But I had been a little frustrated with the lack of like non-wrestling storytelling on Dynamite. Yeah. Uh they they just like they never went backstage. They would have like maybe one in-ring promo per week and it was just like match, match, mm-hmm. match, match, shows over. Yeah. And it's interesting that they're doing all that, but they're spending a lot of time on like run-ins and like weird, like brawls that happen around the, you know, the, the, the ring and through the, through the crowds or whatever, where like, I think it was like the second episode where it ended up being that or third episode. Uh, There's a couple that happen at the end of the thing. So like there's a whole episode where, uh, Kenny Omega gets dragged backstage and a match is still going on. That was fine because you're cutting back and forth, mm-hmm. right? And that's the only time we've seen backstage. But then there was the tag team thing that happened that just devolved when Jake Hager uh, popped up. And then like the whole, I think, mm-hmm. last eight minutes of the show was just this never-ending brawl with more and more people coming out. And there was some storytelling do- through it, but you could have done that in half the time and you could have used, you could have put two two-minute segments on there for character building which I thought was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But there was actually more backstage and parking lot stuff tonight. And that made me kind of feel better about the whole endeavor. Um, I still wish they would give a little more attention to the women's division. Um, Yeah. Yeah. One, but there was a, a really good women's match tonight that got lots of time. I still like, I really want an episode with two women's matches and like, if they would do it once, I would let them have one for a couple more weeks after that without complaining. I'm not going to immediately expect two every week, but just show us you could do two. Yeah, I I, I was uh, I guessed it on another podcast this weekend, and I was saying that like having even just the average of one per hour is the bare minimum that you can do, like the literal bare minimum. And the fact that they're not even reaching that is pretty disappointing now i don't watch the uh youtube show which we'll get to in a minute so i don't know what's going on there and if that's where their other matches which then i guess makes sense because then you're doing two shows in one night and you break it up and they have a very limited women's roster to be honest i mean it's not like the smallest per se but you know getting everybody time should be easier though because you only have like eight people on it or ten something like that it's a small number yeah so, I think their official roster page has 13 women. Okay, yeah. 
I, yeah, I didn't count. Like I looked at it today because I was like, I, I realized that aside from like a major four or five, I had no idea who was in the roster and I still <laughs> kind of don't because they've not introduced any of these people. And because I'm 50, 50 on the local scenes, like if you're not in LA, I probably have not heard of you. Not in a bad way, but you know, there's only, I only have so much time guys. I could only keep on, you know, keep up with so many wrestlers. So if you've been through here and I've, you know, been on a local ticket then I probably heard of you. And if you haven't, I'm sorry. I'll hear of you eventually. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I kind of, if like I'm trying to give it that same thing that I would do any scripted television show, which is I give you five episodes if you're a long run before I start really hammering in. You know, I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. these things can get better, but it always takes a couple episodes for them to get on it, which I definitely agree with you. They've, they've been improving so far. Um, aside, and it feels like to me it's a local show with money, which is not a bad thing. Um, it has that same kind of chaotic energy in a way, but like mm-hmm. harnessed in a good way. I do wish they would have um, better padded uh, railings. It makes me very <laughs> nervous for them, <laughs> especially the way John Moxley folded into the corner in that one uh, match with, was it with Pac or was it with, or Pac? I always call him Pac because Tupac and I'm just wired that way. Uh, Pac, he, I think he got barreled in a corner or was that Sean? Spears. I don't remember. But like I really did feel like he broke his neck and I don't like it. I don't like it. I know that yeah, what, what they're doing is dangerous. I I just need more padding. Thank you. I get that. And like Darby Allen, who's I think one of the be- the 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 new stars that they've done the best job of building, but that kid just wants to hurl his body at things. Oh yeah, I feel like he wants to die. It's just it's incredibly impressive and I'm also very concerned for his safety. I did see him on one show locally and I was very impressed and also very afraid for him. But he's much <laughs> safer than some other people that I've seen who are very flippy and wild out and I will not mention a name. Um maybe I'll mention it later. But yeah, like <laughs> One of the first local shows I saw, I'll just tell the story. The first local shows I went to, there's this flippy guy and it's in a place where there's like low beams. And so the whole, he's like one of the last, he's in one of the last uh, uh, matches, like the second to last or third to last. And everything's going pretty, pretty fine. Everything's cool. And then he tries to do this flip and bashes his head against the railing. And I mean, oh, you no. can hear it very well. And I was like, I did not come here to see someone die. Um, no, thank you. I did not sign up for this, but he kept going, but I'm like, he obviously has a concussion. There's no way he doesn't have a concussion. And then like a minute and a half later, he does a flip off onto the, to the guy standing on the floor, but like it goes wrong and I couldn't see it because I was standing in the back, but I sure heard it. And, uh, I was like, again, I did not come here to see someone die especially not in like a December show that would ruin my Christmas. Um, if we could just not murder ourselves for wrestling, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, but exciting match. Uh, yeah. So Darby, I think, yeah. And, and the one that he did with the other um, creepy hardcore guy who was biting his fingers, whose name just flew out of my head. Um, uh, Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. Yes. So yeah, that was also great. And also really, I appreciate that they have like weird dudes that are creepy, but not necessarily magically inclined. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like two sadists in the ring, uh, hurting themselves and biting each other's fingers. And that was just kind of fun. I like that. They have like five or six people who are at least sometimes skeletons. Yes, it's true. There's a lot of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas fans, apparently, on this roster, uh, <laughs> just living their best lives. Uh, I, and th- I think the most number of people who are not luchadors who've had their faces painted that I've ever seen on the same, the same roster. Um, and the uh, Dark Circle, I want to say. <laughs> Dark order. Dark order. God. Inner circle, dark order. I'm so, I'm, see, again, this is a thing (laughs) that they're not, we'll get to this in a second. Um, I feel like it's, I'm trying to figure out if all their weird little minions are local wrestlers or just guys they're not using backstage who they have run out in the masks. Yeah, I've wondered about that too. One day we'll find out. Maybe. (laughs) Um, a thing that I find interesting is they show the win loss record like they do in a lot of the Japan pr- uh, promotions. Um, I think that that adds an interesting thing for story that they could utilize. Um, I don't know. 
how long it'll take for them to use it really well, but I think it, it, it will help them in the long run, I think. Yeah, as long as they're they're careful with it. I feel like there are ways that it could become like a problem if it starts like getting in the ways of the way of the stories that they want to tell and they end up having to make excuses for giving people matches that they haven't quote unquote earned. Right. But, you know, as long as they they they, they seem like they they at least have an idea of what they're doing. So theoretically. Be okay. That's what we hope. Um I also think overall it's they are I can't remember if I said this last episode, but they are doing a better job of revitalizing the attitude era for now than wwe is doing because raw and smackdown are shit shows um so i appreciate that they have found a way to kind of keep that same energy without you know doing weird porn hub search type garbage um and but the double-edged sword of that is if you're saying that you're trying to do something different but you're just kind of doing an echo of that how different really are you yeah and i feel like you know i still i'm still in like i want to give AEW time mode because i feel like they're figuring a lot of things out as time goes on but i have started to feel a little bit like there's there was a promise Maybe they didn't directly say it, but there was an implicit promise very early when they were like, they were really touting the uh, AEW is for everyone slogan. And they were like doing press conferences with Sonny Kiss and Nyla Rose. And it really felt like this was going to be this really progressive company that cared about representation. And we're not really seeing that on TNT thus far. No, we are not. Um, Um. I I I remember I was when I was watching the whole thing where they brought in Jake. I was like, "Oh, it's another white guy. Cool." But then I realized I was like, "Oh, but the inner circle needs him because otherwise it's Jericho with a bunch of Latino flunkies, which is a extremely bad look." Um. Yeah. So I get it, but also, you know, yeah. also. I didn't know until everyone else complained about it that that Jake Hager is a big Trump guy. Yeah. Uh, but I sort of like I'm sort of fine with them like not letting him talk and Jericho declaring that that we the people is over and like he's on a team with a bunch of Latino guys. I feel like they they have him on a leash in that regard. Right. Uh, and I'm sort of like, this was always my stance on, uh, on, uh, AJ Styles when he came to WWE and, you know, everyone was talking about him being homophobic, which, you know, that sucks. Mm. But, uh, I sort of feel like I don't necessarily want a world where people with bad politics and bad beliefs are like unemployable so much as I want a world where it's unacceptable for that to come out at at least at work where they have to be respectful of people and, you know, not act like hateful assholes. Uh, and I have a little more faith that AEW might be creating that environment for Jake Hager than I ever really did. The WWE is creating it for AJ Styles or Brock Lesnar or Randy Orton or any number of other people who are garbage. Um, I never liked Randy Orton's face, so I f- always feel very justified when bad stories come out about him. Um, sorry, that's a yeah, whole other he, thing. We have a long history with Randy Orton on this podcast. Uh, shout out to Randy Orton and your terrible face. Um, he does have a terrible face, I agree. Like I was not surprised to learn that he was a jackass. Nope. Look, look at his face. It's his face. I was. T- <laughs> I tell people that there's some sometime when you see somebody or you meet someone and you just don't like them, but you can't figure out why because they're not exhibiting any outward signs at the moment so i just have the saying of i don't like their face i don't know what it is but i just don't like their face it doesn't matter it doesn't mean that they're ugly it doesn't mean that they're handsome it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it it just means i don't like their face so feel free to use that my my children go <laughs> go into the world and have a vague description for your feelings um so let's talk about the roster because we've already t- been talking about a couple of the people uh, we talked about the women's division being, you know, kind of short on, uh, uh, you know, just bodies. Um, I feel like, the, like you're saying, having a um, an environment where ex- being accepted is the norm. 
I kind of agree because they have signed a bunch of people that would never make it on WWE. Never. N- not because they're not yeah. good, but because Vince is Vince. Um, I always go to Sunny Kiss as a great example of that because Sunny Kiss will never make it to TV on WWE. Yeah. I wish he would make it to TV on AEW. You are uh, not wrong. <laughs> he's been on a couple of episodes of AEW Dark, the YouTube show, which I do watch. In fact, I recap it for Uprox. And he's been really great on there, but he has not yet appeared on TNT. And like, I kind of need that to happen. Yeah. I feel like I saw a promo that he does have a match with Cody. But I think it's not until next week. Um, I don't remember because I watched so much uh, AW in the last two days to make sure I was caught up that it's all blending together right now. Um, and I <laughs> on also- the new episode of Dark, mm-hmm. he tags with Dustin, mm-hmm. and okay. I really would love for that to become an ongoing uh, tag team in the tag division. Same. Um, like they have really great chemistry. They contrast in interesting ways, and like. Just like to just to put a pin directly in it, like for the guy who was Goldust to spend like the last chapter of his career building up an actual effeminate gay wrestler is just like beautifully poetic. I agree. Um, and I and I really I've always liked Goldust, even when I was a kid, because there was I, you know, he's first of all, he's glittery and he's covered in gold. And that's amazing. And but yeah. one of his things was making his, you know, weird you know the the overly macho opponents feel uncomfortable and for whatever reason as a kid that really re- resonated with me so i don't know how much what that says about me as an adult but um really it's the same i'm the same i like making dudes uncomfortable sometimes because it's fun <laughs> um it's just sometimes not all the time um so yeah so i yeah i appreciate that um and then i think the tag division is they they were not lying it's a really good division Um, they did Mm -hmm. really put the energy in there to get a lot of great teams together who do a lot of cool stuff. Um, even very, 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 very tiny remnants of, uh, Jurassic Express since Luchasaurus was nowhere to be found on that last episode. It's funny because I've seen, um, I've seen Perry in person. I've seen Jungle Boy in person and he is not a, a large man. Um, I'm six feet tall. So, you know, a lot of people are short to me. But I was just like, oh, you are much shorter than I was expecting. And then that other kid whose name I can't remember right now is Marco even, Stunt. Thank you. Marco Stunt is like the tiniest wrestling human I think I've ever seen in my life uh, outside of Hornswoggle. Um, he, he, but Flippy doing cool stuff. He has a, he has a good uh, gimmick. I'm impressed by him, actually. Yeah, I am, too. Um, and I think my um, f- favorite surprise um, is uh, uh, Private Party. Because, oh, private party is so good. Yeah. Um, the hair, the pink and black, the wrestling and tails, everything about them is great. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're fantastic. The, the fact that they have a finisher that's like a very good finisher and it's called gin and juice. Yes. Awesome. They have another one that they called silly string, which I'm like, that's stupid. And I love it. Um, <laughs> there is a, a part, a time where one of them clicked their heels before getting like whipped into somebody else. I'm like, listen, wrestling should be fun. That's fun. I like it all. And they could do like crazy flipping maneuvers, which is also very impressive. So I have no problems with them whatsoever until, uh, hopefully nothing comes out that they're terrible people. Um, do you, what are the, your other favorite tags? I think everybody's pretty good. I, I don't think I have any problem with anyone so far that I've seen in terms of like, um, well, obviously the Lucha Brothers are amazing. Um, I used to watch Impact, and so I've seen the Lucha Brothers fight Santana and Ortiz like six times because that was all they did for like three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every match was great. And eventually they're going to have a match in AEW, and it's going to be great. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, I was really excited when they uh, debuted. In fact, when they, they came out with... Uh, masks on and i was watching with my friends and i was like it's lax it's totally lax (laughs) and my friends were like who's lax and i was like never mind see it's them (laughs) you just have to know i'm right you don't have to know who they are um yeah i've Uh, i i always appreciate like i feel like them and the usos have a weird spiritually similar gimmick (laughs) right now mm -hmm. um which is fascinating and i also think they would put on an excellent match if they ever faced each other 
definitely. Um, which the Usos, I think, are currently like persona non grata in WWE because of their uh, legal troubles. So mm. maybe that will end up happening. Yeah, I, the Usos on AEW would be actually pretty huge. I do wonder if when their contract was signed and if they had a new clause put in there because I heard that they were putting in uh, non-competition clauses on a lot of the new hires contracts. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I think not to not to get too ahead of ourselves in this discussion because there's still people on the roster that I want to talk about. But I think something that's going to be really interesting with AEW is to see what happens when like more WWE stars contracts start coming up because John Moxley can't be the only person who just was too dissatisfied with creative to accept any amount of money to stay there. You are correct. I would agree with you that we're going to see some people. I. And I also am wondering how many people it's going to be that never quite made it to TV. You know what I mean? Like who are people mm-hmm. that we've heard stories about who are, you know, indie, like, you know, being on the indie scene and really skilled who just never make it up. Like yeah. those will be interesting too. Um, and how many like, frankly, like past people who are on like tough enough, even like there's a bunch of people who've been on those shows that were really good, but just weren't, you know, in the box, right boxes, you know, it'll be fascinating. I think, um, I also, okay. So the factions I wanted to talk about too, because I always enjoy factions and I also enjoy when there is a clear cut definition between like heels and faces or else there's a unspoken alliance between, you know, kind of a line in between because there's Mm -hmm. that tension of who's going to help who and who's going to come down in the run-ins. That's why that run-in with, you know, Darby Allen coming down and then MJF like, Oh, is he really a heel? Is he really a face? He's still a heel. Like he's obviously positioned as a heel, but then he's on. So that's the thing that I'm a little bit confused about. So not confused, but I'm interested in seeing how they'll handle in the future because the inner circle is very obviously straight up bad guys, just the worst of the worst. You hate everybody's face. Cool. Um, Then Cody's whole situation and all the people with him. That's weird because he's, kind of a face but kind of not yeah i mean cody is such a natural heel and i think this is pretty much true of the the young bucks as well Mm. like but they can't really be heels this early in AEW because they're the ones that gave us all this right like that's sort of the, the relationship that they have with the crowd right now and that doesn't really allow them to really be heels yeah correct and and i also think they don't have enough people that you know well enough enough to take up that space. You know, once Sonny yeah. gets bigger, he will definitely be a face because he just has face energy. Um, you know, once, and you know, like a lot, there's a couple of these dudes where I'm like, okay, so once this, you know, Brandon Cutler is being very much promoted as a face. Um, I do wish he has such epic entrance music. I want his gear to be more epic. I feel mm-hmm. like it. it's not that it like lets me down, but it's like I need it to be nerdier or something like I need more dragons, yeah, on it that. or you know, something maybe darker colors or I don't know, something more gold. What if he just came out in like a full like wizard robe and then just took it off like it was a flare robe when he got to the ring? I would love that the most more wizard robes. I would love that. That would be my favorite. Um, or like, like he could come out as a different class every time. So he could like come out with like a, Oh yeah. A mace when he's a cleric and like, like the whole thing, I would be down about it. I would, I would so be down. Brandon Cutler, if you're listening, do the thing. Um, (laughs) and then I also think so. Okay. So Kenny Omega is also another weird one because he is definitely in that mostly face, but definitely heel vibes category. Um, and Hangman Adam Page feels like he should be a heel, but is not. Yeah. It's it's all very interesting. I mean, like, it all flip-flops, you know, depending on the story. But it's just very interesting who they're, like, who's being slid in what positions right now. Um, and I don't mean it in a weird way. I mean that in, yeah. Uh, because my next note, and I say that because I'm looking at my next note, and my next note is, when are Kenny Omega and John Moxley going to kiss? Um. <laughs> Every time they're facing each other, there's this weird thing where they're like, it's it's like an anime when the two leads hate each other, but they're going to kiss later. That's what it feels like with them for me. 
So yeah, the only person that wants to kiss Kenny Omega more than John Moxley does is Seth Rollins. So true. <laughs> Just have them all kiss. That's fine. You'll get a lot of ratings for that. Just triple kiss. <laughs> they can be boyfriends. It'll be great. Um, especially the, the weird thing where Kenny came out with like the barbed wire bat and and the and the uh, broom which was hilarious to me where he's like, I'm going to give you the bat because the broom has like a three foot reach advantage. Come on guys. Moxley, you sucker. You took the, you took the worst of the two. You'll never get close to him. Um, but yeah, it was like, here's a gift for you. And now we're going to make out. That's what it felt like. It just feels like every time they're in the ring together, it just feels like they're going to make out at any given point in time. Um, and we could probably do a whole list of wrestlers that look like they're going to kiss at some point. Um, but there was a big moment in the uh, the contract signing tonight between Chris Jericho and Cody mm-hmm. where they just like got right in each other's faces. And it was like, oh, oh, they oh. have this energy now. Oh, despite yes. the age difference. Mm, yes. Well, you know, love, love knows no bounds. That's not entirely <laughs> true. But yeah, you know, one thing I will say about Cody is they did this uh, little brief package about him, you know, like working up to the, the big uh, title defense at the pay-per-view and all the close-ups of him, all I kept thinking is, oh my God, he's got great eyebrows. Like whoever shaped his eyebrows is really good at their job. <laughs> like that's all I kept thinking with that blonde hair. Uh, so, and the suits. Yeah, it's he does just, have great eyebrows. It's so, the eyebrows are so good. Shout out to his eyebrows. The, <laughs> the other thing that's weird about Cody not totally being a, a heel is that Brandy is absolutely a heel. Oh, for sure. She works best as a heel. There's no way that she could be a face. There's no way. Yeah. There, also, there was a weird video package tonight that implies that she's a witch now, um, which I'm pretty much here for. Yeah. Listen, give me more magic. Give me more weird stuff. I'm always down for that. Uh, wrestling is fun and it should not be bound by the laws of reality and give me witches. I agree with that. Um, in fact, if somebody could come out with a Sailor Moon gimmick, I would appreciate it. Well, I know they actually, they do have a magical girl on the on the roster, but we've yet to see her. Yeah, y- uh, Yuka Sakazaki, yeah, I think is her name. I believe so, yes. Which is, She'll reappear one day. Yeah, one day. Just I, <laughs> It'd be funny if they did a thing where like Brandy was a witch and was like trying to like mess with somebody in a women's match, and then she just shows up and breaks the spell. Can she do that, like, <laughs> that spin that, like, gymnasts do? If she can do that, yes. that would be even perfect. Um, and she has to end with the Sailor Moon, like, hand positions. Absolutely. Oh, God, I love Sailor Moon. Um, off topic. Uh, so, uh, I and one of our favorite passions also is gear. So, I will say that I'm mostly into everybody's gear. There are very few people that I've looked at and I was like, meh. Um, whose gear is your favorite gear? Um, I really like uh, Dustin Rhodes gear right now and the like half face paint. I love how he's like a cowboy again, but he's also still kind of gold dust esque. Like he really has found like a a middle point that I think really works for him. Yeah, I like it um, too. Yeah, I always I'm a sucker for a long duster. That's really what made well. You know, it just look, looks so good yeah. when they come out um, on the on the from their entrances. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, you know, he's back to being the natural Dustin Rhodes, but he was gold dust for so long that if he just was, if he just came out at like dressed like a cowboy and wasn't gold dust esque at all, it would just feel false at this point. Very weird. And I think that's, he's done a very smart, uh, you know, evolution of his look in that respect, because, you know, that one match where it's like, Oh, I just see your whole face and your whole head. And I don't know how to feel about that. Not because I don't like your face, but just because I'm not used to seeing it. And it's weird. Yeah. Um, I like um, Jamie Hayter's like buckled bodysuit. That was really cute. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and I also like Britt Baker. Like her in-ring stuff is great. I want her little dentist jacket to match her gear more like Charlotte. Um, but generally I liked all mm-hmm. her stuff and I very much like the Britsburg uh, theme. That was very cute. I liked all of that. Um, and I already yeah. mentioned private party because, you know, tails. Yes. I really like, uh, uh, Hikiru Shida's gear, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, is very, very Joshi and has that like asymmetry. That's really interesting. She has like half a coat on some of the yeah. time. 
I yeah, it's always int- they always all the 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 Japanese wrestlers come through with the most interesting stuff. I feel like because I I don't know I feel like they're just able to experiment more with looks um, yeah. than you know most of the companies that we see here stateside. Um, also, Sadie Sadie Gibbs, who hasn't been on Dynamite yet, but she was on the latest episode of Dark. And she is this very like kind of strong looking tough girl. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing this gear where she had like, she had like a kind of a abbreviated top, but then she had like half of a uh, fishnet shirt under it. Nice. Which I thought was, was a really strong look for her character. I dig it. I dig it. Well, yeah, everybody shout out to your gear keep your gear in in the good place. I don't want to have to complain about your gear guys. I just, I want everyone to succeed and be happy. Um, so we were talking about the show in general. And since you brought up uh, dark again, let's talk about dark. So is this a good idea? Is, and, and is our people watching? Um, people seem to be watching it. I, cause like I said, I'm recapping it and I am getting feedback on it from other people who are watching it. So my impression is that people are watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how, I don't have numbers on that. Sure. Uh, but it seems like there are people watching it. And I think, I don't know, I have some issues with it, which I can go into, but overall I think it is a good idea. Um, I like that it gives, uh, it gives AEW a B show right out of the gate without like using a bunch of resources, which I think is, you know, which I think kind of makes them look stronger. Yeah. And I think that it also works um, for the show last week, we were talking about the state of women's wrestling in general. So I was doing a bunch of like a deep dive into a bunch of other promotions that I don't see on a regular basis. And a couple of them did not have a great YouTube presence, which I find a little bit confusing to a degree because if you are a place that broadcasts your shows and I know you want to have them behind a paywall, but like people watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. It is here for the time being and probably the near future until someone gets a better streaming platform going. So the way that if people don't have TNT or cable or, you know, access to that channel, yeah, you can stream them on the site sort of. (laughs) Um, It is also behind like a, like a login wall. Cause like my DVR ate half the episode. So I had to watch there, but um, YouTube is a resource for you to watch anything. So why not have a significant show on a free platform that everyone can watch? That's just smart to me. Yeah. My only issue is that they're making a show out of the dark matches, which I think is a fine idea, except some of the dark matches are just such dark matches mm. that it's just like eight guys fighting for no reason. And you know, it gets really like over the top and ridiculous. And you're like, on the one hand, this is pointless. On the other hand, I feel like I shouldn't complain because it's a dark match. On the other hand, they put it on a show. Yeah. But I feel that way about like most of the WWE, like big, like we we're not doing anything with the, you this week. So we're throwing you in matches like battle Royales are largely useless Four four by four, uh, four on fours. Also, you're just shoving a bunch of people out there. Lumberjacks a little bit more interesting than the other ones, but like still it's the same principle. So, you know, that's always going to be kind of garbage. I feel like, um, yeah, fair, you know, so it is what it is. You know, I, it, it is what it is that's all I can say. Like sometimes you can get those good moments in there and there are some where, you know, it's hard. I think it's just hard to maintain a like 16 person match and have it be quality the whole time through, because there's always going to be chaos except for when you're doing, you know, your, your, uh, rumble, uh, format. And then you can kind of yeah. control the pockets a little bit, but they're not going to necessarily do that every, every show. It's an hour show. You don't have time for that. <clears throat> um, and so, okay. So yeah. So one thing I also noticed about, so we're moving on to the broadcast shows. Cause we already talked about the writing being a little iffy early on. Um, they're getting better about that. Um, and not being so repetitive. Cause I feel like they do a lot of the same things. Like the first episode had four different run-ins and two of them involved the same mm-hmm. people. Uh, we should stop doing that and they haven't done it since. So that's good. Um, 
I do find the camera work to be a little bit chaotic at times. Like they kind of sometimes almost always have at least one time per match where they, the camera has not switched back to where it should be for like a big maneuver or something like that. Um, which I guess they're probably just getting the kinks out, but still it's a little bit disconcerting. There was one spot on dark this week and there was a four way, it was a four way women's match and they did this, the spot where like two of the women, there was like a submission hold and then a third woman, like put both of those women in a submission hold. And then the fourth woman like got her. So it was like, they were all in like one big submission hold, Mm -hmm. but there was no camera looking directly on them. The only Uh shot of the spot was from like an angle that where it was mostly like butts and knees. Oh, Oh, why? And it, so it sort of ruined the the you know what should have been fun about that ridiculous spot that like nobody yeah. was in front of it. Yeah, you can't even see it. That kind of defeats the purpose of doing the thing. Um, it I would like to say that it's happening less, but that's not true. Um, <laughs> but hopefully, it's a thing they'll get on. I don't know if this is like a direction issue or if it's a communication issue. Like they're not sure what's happening at given you know they're not good at like telegraphing or understanding what when something big is going to happen I don't, I don't know what it is but i would like them to fix that um i also feel like it's weird that the premiere was kind of forgettable for me except for the women's title match like a bunch of stuff happened mm-hmm. but i kind of don't remember what happened in it um it wasn't, yeah, I don't either now that you mentioned it. Yeah, like it's not that they were bad. I remember enjoying, I actually enjoyed pretty much all the matches, I feel like. I think there's only one that I wasn't very um, invested in, but it wasn't because it was bad. I just wasn't invested in it. But I literally don't remember who was on it. Um, so sorry. Uh, that's just the thing that's happening right now. Um, I don't know, if, and I don't know if it's because so much air is being taken up by like, the top 1% will say of the, the people on the, the, the company, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And there are no black people on the first episode, um, which is why I think Scorpio sky is in the tag team uh, thing now, because I feel like they're like, Oh shit, we don't have any black dudes that we have that are on television. Scorpio sky. Uh, we're going to have you come out yeah, they, and wrestle in jeans really and hard. sneakers. They're working really hard to make Scorpio sky a star, which, yeah. you know, they could, they could certainly do worse. It's true. Um, I think the, uh, the, the, him wrestling in the, the, the sneakers and throwing them out was, that was a good moment. I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that long term, but it, they did a good job. It got him over. Um, oh, and then also, this also goes to storytelling too. I feel like the refs are kind of ineffectual. I don't know whether it's ineffectual because I don't know what the rules of the matches are. Like what, what are your house? Like what are, what are the company rules about matches? Cause it seems like there's anarchy in the tag team, every tag team match, like people just coming in willy nilly. Yeah. The ref's not really doing anything. You know, I, I don't know I if I'm like- missing something or. Aubrey is the only one who ever seems to put her foot down. It's true. And that's why I like her the best. Also, every time she she's uh, refing a match with Jericho, it's gold. Um, he's yeah, I, very good. I didn't know her. her before, mm. but she is, she's probably my favorite wrestling referee now. She's fantastic. Yeah, no, she's really good. I just wish I knew what the freaking rules were because, and also like a lot of stuff that most, most of the time would get you, this quad, like just bringing the weapon in most of the time will get you DQ'd or, you know, at least yelled at, but they kind of just like, Oh, you have a weapon. Hey, you're not supposed to have a weapon in here, John. Come on, John. I wish you wouldn't use a weapon, John. It's like, come on, dude, you're a ref. Put on your big ref pants and ref. (laughs) Um, so, Oh, and then we're going to circle back to the announcers one more time because that's the other thing I want to talk about now. I'm not saying that they're like garbage, garbage, but I'm also saying that they not saying that they don't have garbage tendencies. I think it's most glaring during the one women's match that they have every time. And most of it's JR being like super awkward. Yeah. JR is, you know, he's a legend, but he's so far past his prime and he is often a problem. Yeah. I, 
and I can't tell because I, I like, especially during the Britt Baker uh, hate and match, I was like really listening to what I was trying to listen to what they were saying because most of the time I tuned them out um, to be like, okay, is what they're saying really bad or does it just seem like it's bad because JR has a southern accent? And um, 50 50? Uh, the fact that he constantly is talking about the size of the women is really weird to me. Not great. No. Um, um, yeah, I don't, why, why is he doing that? So the episode that was tonight as we record this, the fifth episode, uh, the women's match was between, uh, uh, Kirushita and a new roster member who debuted mm. named Shanna. Mm-hmm. Which means it was between Sheeta and Shanna. Mm. And literally every time JR had to say one of their names, there was this awkward pause, <laughs> like Harley Race trying to think of Kabuki, <laughs> where he just like obviously could not remember which one was Sheeta and which one was Shanna. Oh, gosh. It wow. was not great. Uh, I'm not saying don't let him talk during the women's matches, but maybe don't let him talk during the women's matches. Um, the other dudes whose names I don't remember, um, because again, uh, uh, not paying attention. Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. Yes, they're not the worst. Excalibur, I think I like the best out of all three of them, or maybe not. Who uses the big words? I can't tell their voices apart. Is it Shivani that uses the big words? <laughs> Uh, Excalibur uses the big words and Shivani is really enthusiastic all the time. They're fine. I don't like, you know, I like a guy, I like a person who uses big words. So I'm, I'm into it. I'm into that. So they're not like, again, they're not the worst. And I just feel like even on some of the other matches where it's dudes and it's less chance of like saying something weird, because I know that that's part of the, I'm, I'm sure that's part of JR. They're like, probably like, Hey, JR don't say anything fucking weird when the women are in the thing. Here are some talking points for you. And then he just loses his mind. And all he could be like is she's so tiny. She's like 95 pounds. It's like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. It's like, you have to realize that they're probably like if for every other match, JR is probably being told be just like you were 20 years ago. But for the women's matches, he has to specifically not be like he yes, was 20 years ago. A hundred percent. And it's, it's real hard when dudes don't change to try and change. Uh, so yeah, maybe just take him off of those matches. Cause it's fine. He doesn't have to call them. It's okay. It's okay. Um, just, just hire Veda Scott to do commentary. Yeah. Why don't they have a woman? Even if, just split it. Like have her switch out with like one of the other dudes every couple of matches and you just rotate a person like that could be cool. I would appreciate that. <sighs> one day, one day. Um, I, I personally really like Excalibur and, and Tony Schiavone. I think they're like, I enjoy them both a lot. It's really just Jr. That brings it down for me. Yeah. I, again, I, I, I do tune them out quite a bit. Not, because I'm not interested in what they're saying. I just, their voices aren't catching me, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Or maybe it's JR's voice that automatically makes my brain be like, shh, don't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Shh. Um, but, you know, listen, I think he does a better job on it than the King has been doing. So in terms of like updating his whole shtick. So, you know, I will use give him Why the hell for is that man back? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, hey, collect your check. It's, you know, I, I can't be mad at you collecting a check. Mostly. Most of the time. Mostly. Um, yeah, so I will at least give JR the, 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 the nod that he's doing better than he used to. And at least seems like he is capable of some evolution. Um, I just need someone to give him better talking points, I guess. I think if maybe just someone was just like, hey, yeah, she's so tiny or whatever, but like, don't say that 15 times through the match. You can say it like, oh, when they're doing a specific maneuver that says, well, you know, Britt Baker's, you know, height advantage, you know, gives her a reach. Like you could say it like that. I just don't think he knows how to process that information into better commentary yet. Um, yeah. So hopefully he improves or they just take him off the matches. Just take him off the matches. It's fine. He still gets a check. It's fine. Um, anyway, what are any other closing thoughts you would like to, to, uh, express about the show before we wrap it up 
Um, let's see. I guess I wanted to mention a couple more people from the women's roster that we just sort of we just sort of glossed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the subject of of tiny people who are very good wrestlers, I've really come to enjoy Riho, who I did not know at all. Uh, and I was surprised that she became their first women's champion, but I've ended up really liking her in that role. Um, yeah, she's good at the closing moments of the match, especially like those last like minute and a half when it's like reaching up to the conclusion, really great at the pacing and that like, like the building of yeah. the tension of that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I also, I'm a big fan of Allie who has been on dark a couple of times, but has yet to appear on dynamite, which is bizarre because objectively she's one of the biggest stars in the women's division. Like she was on impact for a long time. She Mm -hmm. was one of impacts biggest women's stars. She was on, she literally was on impact TV every single week Yeah, for like two years. And now she's yet to actually appear on AEW TV, which is bananas. I do wonder if maybe there's some sort of weird contract thing where she can't be on the airway. Like she can be on the dark matches, but not like the airwaves for a smidge of time. Um, that doesn't seem like an impact thing to do, but they're all not petty really. in some way. So who Never knows? Know. Who knows? But also again, we're just getting the one match. So, so far it's yeah. only been stuff related to the title. Except, well, except for Brit's uh, Pittsburgh match. Um, but, Allie is also the one that has the most like established feud with Brandy. So now that they're like building Brandy up as a villain, it would make sense for Allie to show up. That's true. So I'm going to hold on to that for right now. Yeah. They're probably going to, that's probably going to be a thing that starts in like a month, probably like some, something that'll probably happen post, uh, post the next pay-per-view. Like I get some yeah. st- more storylines cooking. And right now it's very much like Cody focused. And so she has to be there to hit people with heels and get uh, shoved into barricades, which, you know what? Props to her. Cause she did that in heels and that can't be fun. Um, True. so anybody else that you want to point out? Um, everybody. I mean, I love orange Cassidy, but, oh. but who doesn't? Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing where I, I enjoy his gimmick and also don't need to see it very often. You know what I mean? Just like every couple episodes, that. have him do a thing. I'm cool. And then he can just kind of go back. Cause I feel like that's something that could get old very quickly. Well, I feel like there's another level of orange Cassidy that like you have to get to eventually. Yeah. Cause his whole thing is like, he can really go. He just has to be motivated. Mm. So you have to sort of set up like lazy orange Cassidy so that you could eventually get to a story where he really lets it out. Yeah. Again, post pay-per-view, I'm sure that's going to be more of a thing since they only just kind of brought him in for that. Again, no rules, just some random dude who's friends with these other guys during a tag tournament, just rolling in and interfering basically. Or wait, no, that wasn't, that was the, that wasn't the tag tournament match. Sorry. That was the consolation match as they were kind of calling it. My bad. Yeah. Again, I have watched a lot of AEW in a very short amount of time. It's all melding together. <laughs> One big 16 ep- hour episode. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to wrap this up now because we're reaching that hour okay. point. And uh, we would like to shout out to the allgames.com or parent site. Um we appreciate that you listen to us in whatever way that you do. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Women Wrestling F, F, and F. Um, and then please promote us uh, as much as you like if you liked what you heard. And uh, you know, again, like five stars, share it, get your friends, get your moms. Well, if your moms don't mind salty language um, and various things. So, L, where can people find you? Um, you can uh, find me on Twitter at another L. And uh, you can find links to most of what I do there. My writing appears basically every day at uh, with Spandex, which is uprocks.com slash pro wrestling. And uh, my podcast, uh, which comes out basically every once in a while, is our <laughs> schedule. Uh, but it is, uh, as far as I know, the only wrestling podcast hosted by two non-binary people. Oh. So nice. that is a, that, that, that is a, uh, a, 
a dubious but worthwhile distinction. Um, and uh, you can the easiest way to find that is just to find me on Twitter and then there will be links to that uh, or just search for hard times podcast, wherever you find podcasts. Excellent. Very much. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it's been great being on your podcast today. I was going to say that I very much again, appreciate you coming on. Um, we will, I'm sure we'll have you on in another episode in the future. Um, so yeah, everybody, you can find me on your Twitters and your Instagrams at Misfits Tamara. I do not post on Instagram that much. I'm sorry. Uh, anything else <laughs> I'm working on will be there. And again, follow us on uh, Women Wrestling F on the Twitters. We do not have that Instagram account. It is locked unless you can hack into it and give it back to us, in which case, thank you. So uh, thanks. We'll catch you next time. Bye.